All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Mr. Sands, spin the one and twos in this R&B Friday, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that's Zing Zang. Make sure you go by your local liquor store and ask them to try out any new pre alcoholic made drinks by Zing Zang. They come in different flavors or you can just stick to the original mix and just add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang official sponsor of the sports grind. All right. So, yeah. So, Sweet 16 action, man. I think Carolina, you know, I like them tonight. I think UCLA is going to have to try to muck up that game and slow it down. Um, Also, you got uh, the Cinderella, the one Cinderella team left, St. Peter's. They're going to be taking on Purdue. They're a 13-point underdog. Uh, Peters, you know, look, Purdue, they've, they've got size in the middle, of course. You know, with their big man, they, they've got, they, can, they, they can score from different places on the court. But I still don't think that they've seen the style. What's going to be interesting with me about this matchup is I don't think they've seen a style of defense and a style that St. Peter's play. That's where St. Peter's are catching people off guard because they play a very in-front-of-your-face pressing all the time. I mean, Houston's pretty much like that, too. I mean, if you look at the teams that are left, I think Houston, probably St. Peter's, um, can, that really play that way. You know, um, I don't think, you know, Arkansas, what, what we saw Arkansas do yesterday um, to Gonzaga, I mean, that was a defensive masterpiece, but Arkansas is not that consistent with it, with their defense. Like I can see what St. Peter's has been through this tournament and also what University of Houston kind of lay, you know, kind of put their foundation of what that school's about, uh, that program, I should say it about. But Purdue, I think they would probably be victorious in this, but I definitely think this game is probably going to be closer uh, than what the score indicated. Uh, just because I'm pretty sure this coach, I mean, they've had some days prepared. They're going to have to find out what they want to do with the size of Purdue in the middle, but that should be a competitive game. Kansas is the last one team, one seed standing. Okay? I told Casey Rob, like, I don't want to hear any excuse from Kansas fan because I felt they were in the weakest. I mean, I, and I hate because that's disrespect, but they had the easiest in the Midwest, out of the Midwest swing. Okay? You know, they had a lot easier than Nelly did coming out of the Midwest. But they had it. But you know what? Providence, let me tell you something, man. Providence, I would not be shocked if Providence would be able to pull the upset. I'm probably like Kansas in this one, but I'm not going to be shocked if Providence is able to. Because if you're Providence, all you want to do is get this game maybe to the last three or four minutes of the game in striking distance within three or four points. And you got a chance to win. I think last time I checked, I think Kansas is what, like seven and a half? Uh, that's at six and a half right now. I'm seeing it. So that's dropped because I think it opened like a seven and a half to seven. If it's down to six and a half, there's money. There, there's, there's money coming in on, uh, on Providence. There's still 320 on the money line. Okay. Which Robert Kraft left the Providence team use their plane, the Patriots plane, too, uh, to travel. You know? He said, my masseuse doesn't come with us. Sorry, guys. You know? That's funny how that just went. That, you know, like Deshaun stuff been on Front Street for like a year, and Robert Kraft stuff just basically never heard anything about it. It was like a parking ticket, and that was it, and they tried to get all they just never heard anything about it. No fines, uh, you know, nothing like that from, you know, embarrassing the shield or whatever, but whatever, man. I mean, because, again, 
you know, we know Roger Goodell worked for him. But anyway, I digress. But yeah, they left the plane. They they left the plane to Providence to try to get there. You know, also it made me think. You know, looking at especially with being our backyard. You know, Jonas, I know a few couple of weeks ago. Well, actually, it was last week. It was like a week or two. You brought out. You brought up the Mark Stein report about the rumors of basically speaking of the Spurs, the rumors of Snyder possibly being Pop's replacement. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking, like, do you think it's possible that you can look at some of these coaches in college that they would take a look at? You know? I mean, look at Mossman. I mean, he's been, he's been, he used to coach the Sacramento Kings. I don't really see, I, I don't know, you know, the rumors have always been there with kind of Bill Self because the connection with R.C. Buford. That's been rumored for like the last few years because, you know, RC's a Kansas alum. They've got connections. They know Bill Self. Uh, Jay, GM in Austin. Yeah. Uh, Jay Wright. I don't know if, you know, Jay, you know, Jay was a hell of a coach, but I don't know what, when you have the power Jay does in Nova and you building that, it's going to be, I mean, I've seen Coach K turn down the Lakers to be able to coach Shaq and Kobe. He turned down the Lakers. So I just started thinking again. It just got me more as the season wanted. And again, I have no idea. I mean, Pop, for all we know, we could ra- wake up one day in case at 12 and Channel 4 reporting Pop and on a three-year extension. And then I'll really be like, well, you know, it's like, damn, I'll retire. I'll end up quitting doing this show before Pop's ass gets out of here. But anyway, but three, yeah. So I'm just thinking like, coach, like would they go in the college ranks? Because you would think like, do, do we need, I mean, when that time comes, a, a, a team with five titles, a franchise with five titles. Do we need to make a splash? Isn't it a franchise that would be to, to make a splash? I mean, that's some tough shoes to fill. Who's ever following Pop or whoever has that job to follow Pop? But and I'm not saying I'm not trying to go L.A. You know, splash like that, New York, big name. But if you think about it, you could grab a. I mean. A Bill Self would grab some tension, some national headlines if, if he would get the gig, or you go find, you know, another coach, Muslim or one of these college coaches. What do you think about that? I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I still lean with you that it's gonna come from with inside the family. Hmm. But also nobody nobody outside of the family truly uh truly understands what those expectations would mean. Because the expectation, if you're if you're bringing bring just using the hot candidates out there and like like Ime or Amani or somebody like that, uh, Taylor Jenkins, if you were to bring them down back down to the silver and black, the expectation is that it's going to be Pop's system still. That you're going to see the the structure of the spur the way the Spurs have operated for the last 22 years. And I, I think that's a, uh, a heavy expectation, a heavy burden to try to carry. And I, I think that it could be wise to go with somebody like Mark Few out of Gonzaga, who's had, uh, just hear me out, who's just had, had, he's had good success. The bar isn't set too high. Like, like in terms of like, you're not coming from Pop's tree high. Okay, so, so you've got your own, you, you had, again, you haven't been to the precipice really of college basketball either. But you know how to work the big man game, shooters, everything like that. I mean, I think that if you're trying to establish and you're not going from within inside the family, 
I could see where a college coach would make sense. It ain't gonna because be because it changes the expectations. I, I think college coach makes sense, but it wouldn't be Mark Few. First of all, I wouldn't want Mark Few. I, I need if that's gonna be the case, and you're walking in, fill, trying to fill the shoes of Pop, or coming in your first NBA game. I gotta get, have a guy that's coaching a big conference and that's probably sniffed and won a national title at least. I, I've got to – I mean, I don't know if national title is the the NBN all, but I, I do feel like you've got to be coached in a big conference. But what I, I mean. What about Brad Stevens? I mean, he he he. Uh, similar. I'm well, at and to be honest with you, and to be honest with you, I was high on Brad Stevens too. I remember you know battling with Salami with that, but I, I know I know Brad Stevens, and and people argue. I mean, how did that turn out? I mean, some people would think Brad Stevens toward the end kind of got a little bit over his head. I get what you're saying. I mean, Brad was Brad had the perfect storm. I mean, Brad took a team Butler from any nowhere, put him on the map. Oh, and by the way, the run that you make on, you're playing Coach K in the in the, in the finals, and you lose the Coach K. So you had all it was all that attention and everything. That would be a little bit to that. I'm just saying. And again, to the Celtics at that time, well, he was replacing Doc Doc Rivers that had won a title, they'd been to two NBA finals and won a title there. But I don't know if I put, you know, again, Doc ain't no pop. You know, you're not talking about five titles in 20 years, over 20 years at one, you know, organization. I mean, he didn't last that long with that. But just a thought. I mean, we'll see, you know. I know some people think Mark Few could do with a couple more, somebody like a candidate like Mark Few could do with a couple more seasons yet in college uh, with the intention, you know, out there that that pop's still not done yet. I I wouldn't want Mark Few here, man. No. Mm Mm-mm. I'm sorry. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want that, but I see you working. One eight hundred seven oh seven nine seven sixty. So we'll see how the sweet sixteen action goes. Um I've got one like I said, I think I've got one final four team left and that's Duke. They're still in it, but the title team I had was out. Didn't I have Duke? I had Duke no, in the final four. You had four. Kentucky in the final four. Oh, did I have him beaten Duke in that game? I thought you I had, had Duke. Like, well, I filled out two brackets. Been, it would have been Gonzaga versus Duke. UCLA versus Kentucky. Well, everybody's bracket is crap Whatever, right now yeah. anyway. Everybody's bracket is crap right now. I don't think there's any perfect brackets out there left by now, right? Correct. No. That that ended, a perfect bracket ended back on the 18th with Iowa State. Uh, so we had one all the way up to the 18th with Iowa State. Yeah. And that's another, um, you know, Iowa State, that's going to be an interesting match because it's Iowa State. Who they got again? Iowa State and... Uh, can't believe I just forgot who their matchup is because I know it's the first time. No, it's uh, Miami. Miami. There you go. Yeah. I know I was leaving Miami, Ohio State. This is the first time I think two double-digit seeds in a long time. I think it's only happened one or two other times in the tournament that two double-digit seeds are meeting in the Sweet 16. Um, this one's hard for me to call. I, I, I brought up Miami through the course of the year on this show, but – you know, Iowa State, I mean, a lot. the tournament has showed me that arguably maybe the Big 12 was the best conference because the SEC got their ass handed to them this tournament. They lost to some, some of their top teams lost to double-digit C. They got like two double-digit upsets on their resume. Um, the Canes are minus three tonight, by the way. Who? The Canes? The Canes, minus three. Ooh. Miami's another team that's gotten hot. They, I like their defensive play, but something's brewing about this Iowa State team. And, and I think um, – or was it? I think Casey Rob brought up that stat that Iowa State's like thirteen and zero or undefeated outside the conference with this particular yeah, you had team. That on the call the yeah, day. he brought that nice fun fact up, but we'll see how it plays out. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven six. I'm torn on that one. I don't know where we're going with that one. Switching to the NBA before we get into more uh, football talk, and also got to check in what's going on the fight weekend. <clears throat> what Jonas has on the radar. 
Uh, NBA, uh, we had some action last night. Chris Paul, Mr. CP3, returned to the court. Um, Phoenix got a big win. Look, let me tell you something. Devin Booker went off last night. And, you know, Monty Williams said it's probably the best game he's played since he's been there. And that's saying a lot. But Devin Booker, I think he had 49 points. Uh, didn't he have, like, at least 10 assists? Or, like, Yeah, he had a 49 points, 10 assists, and 4 rebounds. And I think the way he did it, too. Uh, very impressive. And that's the first time Chris Paul's been back for over a month. I think it's been about a month since Chris Paul was out. They're still dangerous. I mean, they're dangerous. I mean, there's a good chance that we're looking at possibly a repeat of last year's finals. Now, with that said, you got the New York mayor basically coming to the pressure of Aaron Judge and the New York Yankees. He's uplifted this. You know the crazy thing about this? The Brooklyn, the best they can do, I believe, is an AC with the many games that we have. If they get hot and run and then some other people, I think the best they can do is an eight. Do you realize as an eight seed that the Vegas and the desert still has Brooklyn as the favorite, one of the favorites to win the whole thing? They mm-hmm. haven't, they haven't, they haven't, you know, wavered or anything. Brooklyn and, and the best I think Brooklyn can get is an eight seed and they would still have the second best odds or not the best odds over Milwaukee, I think, to win the whole title. And that's why I said, been saying, like, if you if they do get the eight seed and you're looking at the one seed right now in the east, which is Miami, right, still? Yeah, holding on. That's uh, a one, tough one one game lead on the Bucks. right could, now. Could you imagine that, that that's the eight seed that you face in KD and Kyrie Irving? Um, and I just, it's safe to say Ben Simmons ain't playing this year. I really don't think Ben Simmons is playing this year. No, they, he's shut down. I think for did, all, did they for already all come purpose, out and said they that? Have, they, without saying so, they're saying oh, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, this is where when you look at those odds, you have a you have a good chance that it's Milwaukee versus Brooklyn in that first round. Mm. So that's why coming out of the East, it's going to be one of those two because then your your road, you've already taken care of arguably your toughest competition right off the bat. Well, that would all people would maybe view that if that's a first round matchup, people would view that as damn near the the Eastern Conference Finals out of the first round gate. Not disrespecting Miami, yeah, but that's what it sounds like. The desert's yeah. looking at that like, mm. like that's why they're the top two. That's why they're buildings. That's why they're tall buildings out there in Vegas, man. They're never off. They're never off. That's why I've been trying to talk about some of these NFL odds and these futures on how these free agency stuff is changing odds as we speak. 1-800-707-9760. What else you got? We got Mike on, but I think we'll get him on the flip side. Aren't we about to come up? How we got? Mike? Yeah, we got about three minutes. We'll go to Mike. We got to go to Mike. All yeah. right, well, let's go to Mike. Mike, you on the sports car here on Ticket 760 and 13 on the zone. What's up, Mike? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I listened to some very interesting uh, talk yesterday about the Tyreek uh, Hill situation. I listened to uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. You know, uh, I told you yesterday that um, – Tyreek made a bad mistake, and then the more I look at it, he definitely made a bad mistake by going to Miami with Tua as the quarterback. Because see, his game is a deep ball game. You you know that Patrick Mahomes has one of the strongest arms in the NFL. Tua doesn't. Uh, Tyreek Hill is not. Uh, uh, he's not going to be a Cooper Cup type player, but he might have to be that type of player in in, in Miami offense because there's Tua is not going to be able to uh, throw that ball forty or fifty yards down there for the uh, long ball that Tyreek Hill made his name on. And like I say, Tyreek, he better be lucky he got his money because his stats are not going to back up his his pay over the next couple of years as long as Tua is the quarterback. Like I said, you can you can go back and listen to what uh, Shannon Sharp said. He, he talked about Randy Moss and, and uh, Bullet Bob Hayes, two of the 
the fastest men in NFL history, and both of them had strong-arm quarterbacks to get them the ball so they could go deep. And Tyreek Hill does not have that right now. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. Okay, well, first off, what I'm going to have to say about that is, I mean, I love Shea, you know, one of the best tight ends to ever do it. He changed the game uh, for the tight end position, you know, um, did in a Bronco uniform. I love Shannon Sharp, but I disagree with him on this. I mean, I disagree with him, so I don't need to go back and listen to him because th- this is the deal. It, this is the narrative with Tua. And, 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 again, I challenge people, and, again, I understand there's a stretch of a lot of Alabama fatigue. And I would question the people like Mike and everybody to see how many Alabama games did you really watch when Tua was there when they had these weapons such as Ruggs, Smith, and Judy. Look, there's not too many people in the league that have an arm like Patrick Mahomes. Tua does not have to have an arm like Patrick Mahomes to make this successful. First of all, we do realize as we looked at the coach who puzzlingly got fired from Miami, speaking of Brian Flores, and all the say of all that, we do realize that Tua was the quarterback that won like seven out of their last eight games that they won, right, people? Right, Mike? I mean, this whole notion of that Tua can't, like Tua's got noodle arms and can't throw it 30 past 30, 40 yards or maybe get a deep ball pass they got to, I think it's just foolishness. It's foolishness. Do I? I think he's the. I think Tua is an NFL quarterback. Do I know one hundred and twenty percent factually that he's going to be the future quarterback of the Miami Dolphins? No. But what I do know, he's a gamer, and I do know that his arm is not as weak as his perception. And the the bottom line of it is, is that you, people are getting caught up, and they see how Andy Reid uses Tyreek Hill and Patrick. That don't mean you can't be serviceable. I mean, how many touchdowns did Waddle have last year? And again, this was dealing with a franchise that was dangling Deshaun all over the place. And he stayed focused and still won like seven out of the last eight games. All that. Baker tweeted about it. Tua, put his, Tua shut his mouth up and put his boots up and win one games while they were delaying Deshaun off. And now you were the coach and a staff that really wants him. Let's give him an opportunity, man. All this Tua bashing is ludicrous. Listen to the sports crowd. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the sports grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Sam's been the one and twos. Today's show was presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Tyler Orchid at Dominion. If you're ever out in the Dominion area, if you shop at the Rim, make sure you stop by and check out Tyler Orchid. They have dinner every day from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. They have a great menu to choose from. Been eating there. Me and my family have been eating there probably for the last 
five years since we've lived out that way. Great staff, nice, friendly atmosphere as well. Also, don't forget, even on Saturdays, if you're out in there, make sure you check them out. That is Tile Out Orchid, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so real quick, I guess we'll finish a little bit with some NBA uh, before we get out of here. Your Spurs come back into action tomorrow against the Pelicans, right? Is that who they have? Yeah. And again, I guess we're in this important game when we look at the 10 spot. Golly. Yeah, we'll see how they do. Uh, but the other NBA news, a couple things. Uh, for one, I talked about the game Devin Booker had last night. Um, the Sixers. James Harden says that, hey, Joel Embiid should be the MVP. He's deserved it. And when you look at it, I do think he should probably get the MVP because DeMar has – that's cooled off. Chicago, you know, I haven't brought up this stat – in a while, but it might have changed. But the last I checked this about a couple of weeks as of two weeks ago, about two or three weeks ago, and maybe it's different. But Chicago was zero and thirteen versus top teams in the West and the East. That says a lot. That kind of supports what I've kind of said about. Him. I don't want to take nothing away because he's had a hell of a season. So I don't want to take anything away from the poop on his party had the season, but it's kind of one of those things I've said about DeMar. It's like, is he that guy that can really, when he runs up against those dogs, unless he's got a real another dog, and I, and I like Zach Levine, you know, but he's been, he had some in and out of the lineup sometimes this year with injuries, but that's a hell of a stat. He might have cracked against one good win of now and now. I don't think he played last night. They lost uh, yesterday uh, to, to, was it Toronto? No, nah, the Pelicans. The Pelicans. Okay, they lost to the Pelicans. Yeah, I don't think he played. Zach Levine did. Um, also, but I think if you look at it and bead, I think he does deserve the MVP. Cause I think even the Joker, I mean, the Joker's having a hell of a season too, but Denver, you know, they played the Suns last night. Booker dropped that 49 on, on Denver. Um, but I, I think Embiid has probably done enough to, to probably get the MVP this year. I believe as it stands, those are your two, two front runners for the award. Embiid is favored to minus 160 and uh-huh. Joker behind him. And then, uh, I mean, you've got Giannis and, and Devin Booker to you know, last year's finals right there uh, in third and fourth. Now, I want to look at number six while we're here on this MVP conversation, though, because that's John Morant. Mm. He's got the six best odds, but his team is winning without him. They're third. They're third. Hell of a stat. They're third. The opposite. I think they're 13 and one. You can fat check me on it. Sixteen and two. They're sixteen and two without John Moran this season. Yeah, Yeah. love that coach down there. Wish you would have just stayed about four seats down on the bench, maybe down here. But he's sixteen and two without John Moran. That's a sign of a good team, and they're young. But you know what? That's crazy that he's that low in 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 the MVP votes Um, because Memphis is Memphis is what a third seed in the West. They're at least the top three team in the West, right? They clinched playoffs. Yeah, They're number two. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you know what? How the hell is that pot? How is John Morant only sixth or seventh, and they're number two in the West? He's definitely. Maybe they're looking at it. Well, damn, That's you know, the they're sixth in press. You got to ask them. Yeah. Um, the Joker, I figured he'd be up there because that's the thing. But, you know, it's crazy. Monty Williams last night after that game kind of went on his soapbox. He's like, I don't understand how Devin Booker is not in the conversation for MVP. You know, Monty went to battle for his guy. Uh, but Suns look like for sure that I've said it before. They look like they're a team that's on a mission this year. But, again, I didn't know how they were going to pan out. And they were able to weather the storm with Chris Paul being out, uh, you know, per se there. Uh, but, no, that's definitely 
that's definitely going to be something to watch down the stretch. But James Harden, a guy that's finished runner-up quite a few times, kind of went on to bat for his guy. But that Brooklyn situation is going to be very interesting on how this plays out as we come to play, especially with the mandates being lifted. Because, again, at the end of the day, as inconsistent they've been, even if Ben Simmons is shut down, you're right, and I, I, I won't even argue with you on it because it looks like pretty much that he can't be. This is about next year. I don't see how you can come into the playoffs cold turkey. Katie and Kyrie, that's that that tandem could make a run. That tandem could make a run to win a title. They're that good, especially KD. They're that good. So it wouldn't shock me if they went on to do that. But it's going to be a very interesting uh, down the stretch. Also, uh, speaking of that, a couple of the NFL news notes. The Rams, you know, I think it's a fair question. I've had Jonas has kind of brought this to my attention. It has me thinking now because the rumors, the rumors are having it that the Rams are in contract talks with Aaron Donald. Aaron, it looks like he's about to get paid. And it had me thinking like two things. Number one, where the hell are they getting all this money from? Where are the Rams? How are they finding this money to sign these guys? Because if Aaron Donald, if he gets an extension, it's going to be a it's going to be a fat extension. And number two, it got me thinking. How do you think Cooper Cup feels right now? If Cooper Cup is sitting back and saw Devonte Adams get twenty eight million dollars a year, and if he looks at and saw Tyreek Hill just top that damn near at thirty million dollars a year. And Cooper Cup is like, you know, I arguably just came off the, the 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 best statistical season for a receiver that we've ever seen in this league. Do you feel a certain way for one seeing these receivers get paid and there's been no rumblings about working a contract or this is what for you? And then should you feel a certain way if Aaron Donald gets his back? Because they did come out and say, we have every intentions, we want Odell back. But nothing. I don't even. What is Cooper Cup's contract situation like? I don't even know what his contract situation looks like. So it looks like he's on a new deal. Uh, per Spotrack, uh, Cooper Cup signed a three-year deal with the Rams, uh, looking like in 2020. So we 2020. Well, so 2020. he has a potential out after next season. Um, or they could franchise tag him. Or they could franchise, which is. If if that's the average of the top five of your position, and you've got to throw Devontae's number in there and Tyreek's number in there, that's going to get pricey. That's going to get pricey, but make no mistake, and that's the notion I want to kill about franchise tag. Because most fans and most people think that if a guy gets tagged and he gets in the top two or three of his paid position, yeah, if they franchise Coop, he's going to make like $30 million a year for that one year. But the guys really don't like that. They want security. Because if he gets hurt, that year, that's it. He ain't going to get no new contract. And again, Bill Belichick, as much as I defend him, I've always said he's the one that's kind of has abused the franchise tag before what it was set out to attend to. And a lot of other teams have kind of followed with that. But I think with Cooper Cup, and trust me, at $30 million for one season, depending on what you give Aaron Donald, if you're going to give him a new deal, you just gave Matthew Stafford a new contract extension. Uh, you just signed Allen Robertson. You gave Allen Robertson money. He's coming over. I don't think if you were, I mean, a Cooper Cup, and I've said it for years, had pushback on this show. I said that Cooper Cup is the most important piece to that offense that makes everything go. Okay? You could take Cooper Cup off, and it damn sure, I, I'll put it this way. Kansas City is going to have a better chance of surviving without Tyreek Hill then Rams offense with McGay would McVay would be if you take Cooper Cup out of the offense. But the question, but the the crazy thing is, and we're speeding because we still got a whole another year 
to before this even comes back. For all I know, Cooper Cup could be getting an extension before because they signed both of them. I damn sure want an investigation for the Rams. But this is what I'll say. They ain't gonna want to franchise tag him at that next year. At thirty even paying him that one year for thirty. I don't even know if they can afford to do that. So it really makes it interesting. Well, and you also have to factor at what point does a wide receiver, especially one who relies on his speed and inside ability, uh, start to taper off. He's 29 right now. So he's going to be he, But his game, though, year, but you know what, Coop, Coop's game, it's not really about the speed in regards to down the field. Uh, Cooper is the – he's a precision – route runner in that system. I don't know what Cooper Cup would look like if you dropped him off in any other 31 teams. But I know in that system, what he does for McVay, it's not so much of the speed on the deep ball and all that. It's more of basically between that, like I said, on them first and tens and getting seven, six year yards because he's running routes so precise. And you, what's scary is you got to think of how quickly him and Stafford picked up chemistry. Okay? Um. Kind of hoping the same thing with Russ and Judy and Cortland and guys. Could happen. But they picked up chemistry real quick. But the but if you're talking about giving Aaron Donald money and then you just gave Allen Ryan, I don't know if you really want to go ahead and tag him at thirty million dollars for one for just even if it's one season. But I don't it allows know. you to kick the can down the road and approach it again the next year. Or or bring him back on a team friendly deal rather like and restructure something that often in the off season. If I'm Cooper Cup's agent, I'm saying, hey, we've been quiet. We didn't seen Adams get paid. We saw the trade for Tyreek Hill. We see in our own backyard of what they gave Allen Robinson. I stay quiet, and then we get to I show up for OTAs. I show up for off season program, and when we get to August, I say, you know what? I'm going to hold out. I want a new deal. Because I think Cooper Cooper would be the one receiver that I could think of right now that would have the impact leverage to do that, that would really impact. Like if you have a quarterback or you have a running back or you have a dominant pass rusher, man, and I don't even know if I'll go pass rusher. I'll say quarterback and running back. If you say that, hey, I'm going to hold out, depending on who that is at that position, that kind of gets some leverage going. Like it's kind of like, ah, well, yeah, you know, those are the things. That's really what you Most of the receivers be like, hey, man, we'll call the guy third on the depth chart. We'll bring him up. We're not cracking. But if you're talking about Cooper Cup saying that he's holding out and he's not coming in, that changes that whole offense. I saw it firsthand when he blew his, when he, when he blew his knee out a couple of years ago and he missed that whole season. But I just thought seeing them throw this money around uh, a team that hasn't had picks, they just come off the Super Bowl, and I get they're in L.A., but when I see them sign Allen Robinson and the extension with Stafford, and now they're talking about doing a deal Donald, he just popped in my head about, well, what about Cooper Cup? And I always say this, and this is the thing with Allen Robinson, and every NFL team, and I've said it before on this show, and I know people probably heard me say it, but when you have free agency, and the reason why it's so delicate is because when you have free agency, guys especially that are drafted by the team that are homegrown guys, if you start going taking care of guys outside of the family, guys that weren't drafted there, that haven't developed there, before you take care of your own drafted guys, that can tear a locker room too. That's a lot of stuff people don't realize. The average fan doesn't realize that. But if you look in the business side of it and you pay attention to that, when you start basically taking care of guys that are on the outside and bringing their free agency and you haven't paid your guys in, that can cause a problem too. So Allen Robinson – wasn't drafted and not homegrown for the Rams. 
Um, and it, and that did surprise me on how aggressive they were for Allen Robinson, knowing that, yes, you, you do have Odell that's not going to be ready at the start of the season, probably might not even be ready till maybe after the second half of the season, uh, maybe after we get past like maybe week eight, week nine, uh, when you bring him back, because he did suffer this injury in the Super Bowl in February. So I just feel that maybe, yes, I can understand that's an insurance policy maybe for Odell, but I don't know about if I would have made a priority going out and giving Allen Robinson that kind of money. Well, you don't have Odell right now. Odell signed a one-year deal to finish out the season with the Rams. Right, but they, they've they been on record saying that they want intention to bring him back. And but no, it, he, he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be an option. He's going as far to, as far as to flirting it out there that, it was, that Baker was a problem all along in Cleveland and he'd be open to a reunion. I think I think I think he's trolling on that. But I think that I think that when you look around, I mean, he could fit Antonio Brown's shoes and go play in Tampa after he after he rehabs and comes back and and goes down there and works out with Tom Brady for a second. And is like, look what I could bring you, Tom. AB is not walking back to the door. I think he gets a deal from the Rams. I've also heard rumors that the I you know the Rams I think the, have eight million left. I think the well, you know the thing, the sad thing about it is Odell's gonna have to gamble on himself again. He got hurt. I mean, trust me, if he doesn't get hurt in the Super Bowl, they go on to win. He already caught a touchdown pass. If he doesn't get hurt in that Super Bowl, he's probably there's probably there's two things. There's no Allen Robinson in L.A. because they're gonna make that big money and sign Odell and keep him. But unfortunately. I don't know what his mark is going to be because he's not going to be available at the beginning of the season. And that's why I think the Rams, he's going to have to take it for cheap. You stay with the team you won the Super Bowl with, try to run it back, and then try to go bet on yourself and get another deal. I mean, he's not, he's, I mean, he's, he's older now, but he's not like he's, he's, he's old, old, you know, but he's been cut on twice already now. Now, the other rumor I've heard about him is possibly a re, uh, reuniting in New York, the Big Apple, where it all started. That would be interesting. Interesting go- is, is, <laughs> It, an interesting word for for saying that yeah. too. Yeah, but, but going back to uh, you know New York, but again, nothing will surprise me. We'll see what shakes out over the weekend. Any free agency, we'll see who's the final four. By the time we come in here Monday, we'll know exactly uh, what final four teams are we down to. Um, you know, San Antonio. From what I've heard, we've been a good host to uh, the fan. The AT and T didn't look at me. It was so pro Houston, and that was obvious. You know, the Houston crowd. Uh, but that's going to set up a very interesting game between Nova and Houston. Who do you like in that one, John? Who are you taking? First of all, before you even answer that, we forgot. What, before we get out of here, what's going on in the fight world this weekend in oh. regards to anything particular with UFC, boxing? Well, you, you've got a, a title contention uh, match going on in the junior middleweight with Tim Zhu uh, versus Terrell Gosha tomorrow night. I know who um, I don't know who that got, is. You've got a... Uh, heavyweight again, contention in the UFC just for, for standings on the ladder. But what I really like is you look at this, it, it's been kind of down. for the, It's been weak a little bit for the last month. But when we get into April, you got Triple G on the 9th, Errol Spence versus Ugas on the 16th, Tyson Fury versus White on the 23rd, Shakur Stevenson on the 30th, you get into uh, Canelo on the 7th, Jamal, Jamal Charlo on the 14th, Tank Davis on the 28th. So it's about to be a lot of big Just fights coming hold on to your seats for the fight cards hold right now. Hold on to your Suffer butts. through it. All right, man, that's a wrap for the day and the week. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sandspin, the 1 and 2, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the 
hold 305 South Florida region when that alarm goes off Monday morning for you. The snooze button for you at the rack. Just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all next week.